Well, you probably heard this on the news today. Ottawa is banning companies from importing or making plastic bags and takeout containers, styrofoam ones, by the end of this year, from selling them by the end of next year and from exporting them by the end of 2025. Stephen Gilbo, who's the Environment Minister, made the announcement in Quebec City today. He published the final regulations enacting the ban today, all part of the government's plan to eliminate plastic waste entirely. By the end of the decade, the final wording also includes a ban on plastic straws, plastic cutlery, plastic stir sticks, and those carrier rings that you carry cans in. He says the government is open to adding more items to that list one day, but it's targeting the ones that were the most common and easiest to replace first. The government also intends to impose standards requiring a minimum amount of recycled content and single-use items in a bid to create a bigger market for plastic material from recycling plants. Here is the Environment Minister in Quebec City today. And all these products have available alternatives. This comes after extensive consultations that the government, the government conducted over the past several years. Our ultimate goal is zero plastic waste. And thanks to these prohibitions, Canada is one important step closer. Our zero plastic waste objective is for 2030, but obviously that doesn't mean that we, we can wait until 2029 to deploy all, all of the elements. So these elements will be coming up, some of them in, in the coming months, other elements, and some might take up to a few years to develop. Well, joining me now is Calvin Sanborn. He's the legal director at the Environmental Law Center at the University of Victoria. Welcome to the show. Thanks for your time tonight. Hi, Ben. So uh, take a non-plastic knife and help me cut through this. What was, uh, what was your reaction to what you heard today? Uh, does it go far enough? And, and what would the impact be? Well, I've got a positive reaction. This is a first step. And Canada is taking an important international lead here. Like France is ahead of Canada on this. But, uh, and there are hundreds of jurisdictions that have done parts of this kind of ban. Like there's hundreds of jurisdictions that have banned checkout plastic bags and hundreds that have banned straws. But this, this suite of measures that was taken is uh, progressive and in, in a national uh, scale, but there's a lot more to do because we've, we've got this problem with plastics that a lot of people don't realize that the Strait of Georgia between the mainland and Vancouver Island has, uh, in, a, in a cubic meter of the water there tested, uh, 3,000 particles of plastic are found in every cubic meter of water tested. And we, we know that uh, every uh, shellfish sample uh, sampled on Vancouver Island has plastic in it, and that the salmon coming back to, to spawn are ingesting 90 particles of plastic a day. So we've got a, a problem here that we need to deal with, and this is a small step towards a solution. I've heard this referred to, our, our age referred to as the plasticine by, by, by people in your shoes. <laughs> yes, that's right. In your, in your shoes. Um, so just the impact of banning these specific items, because I think the environment minister mentioned it, that these were ones that were common and easy to replace. So cutlery, straws, uh, styrofoam containers, plastic bags. Are those things that, will this make a difference? It will make a difference. It's, it's not the majority of plastic in the ocean. We have to uh, go after other plastic. Like one of the biggest sources of plastic is, uh, is fishing nets and crab traps and plastic from uh, fish farms. And so we have to go after that kind of plastic and actually retrieve that plastic out of the ocean. Uh, we, we have to go after other products like water bottles. Uh, we were disappointed that they didn't uh, put a ban on water bottles which were are almost 
totally <laughs> uh, useless. Like e- there's easy replacements for water bottles, which is tap water, which <laughs> which is safe across Canada, um, and and creates enormous amounts of waste. Um, and we need to uh, get to uh, uh, extended producer responsibility, where the producers of plastic actually pay for the the disposal of all this waste. Because right now, taxpayers are subsidizing this wasteful society that we've got. Like, it's taxpayers paying for much of the uh, the landfilling and recycling of plastics across the country. Um, so more needs to be done, but uh, this is definitely a, a good step. You know, part of the issue always, of course, is that we know that plastic production around the world is going to grow, continues to grow, has grown at a, at a fantastic rate over the past little bit. And sometimes it may, must feel a bit... Um, you know, that when a country like Canada moves ahead with this, that the overall impact might be relatively light. But I guess we are amongst the first to take this step as a nation. I know it's been done locally, but uh, but as a nation, one of the first uh, to take the, make these moves. Well, that's right. And other nations are looking to us. I had messages from, uh, from India today and from South America today about, uh, about a positive reaction to Canada taking this leadership. And Canada put forward a a charter uh, a few years ago to uh, move to a plastic-free ocean. And and that's an important thing because so much of the plastic that's a problem in the world today uh, is is coming out of the developing world. And those those countries are moving to to restrict plastic, but the Canadian initiative here will become a a model for, for those countries to start to get a handle on their problem. Where do you see the benefit? I mean, if you, for for those who are you know will miss plastic straws, or those who will miss the convenience. I mean, I'm in Victoria as you are, so we we remember when plastic bags were taken away. Uh, it all happened quite fast and quite easily, actually, for those out there who may be worried about it. Uh, but there are always those. There are people out there who resist this. You know, rest, small restaurants have to put up with the cost. Or um, is enough being done to help the transition? I guess is what I was getting at. Yeah, I well, I hope so. Like on straws, the big issue was uh, uh, disabled people that, that need straws. And so there were accommodations made in this law to, to allow for straws for people that, uh, that need them uh, for, for a medical reason. And, uh, and those kind of accommodations can happen. Uh, but to a large extent, these these changes can be done. You know, a generation ago, <laughs> we didn't have this kind of plastic waste. So I always say, let's go back to, to what our grandmothers told us, which was uh, to not waste things and to, um, to move away from this throwaway society. Like we've, at, outside of every coffee shop in North America, you've got these huge garbage bins that get filled with, uh, with paper cups and, and plastic, uh, plasticized cups. We don't need to do that. We can uh, move to, uh, gee, using a reusable mug. It's, it's not that tough. Like uh, over the pandemic, I've been taking my thermos to, to work, and I'm saving a lot of money and, and also having less environmental impact. And, and this is happening in many places. There are many universities and, and, other, and local jurisdictions that are moving to uh, deposit refund systems for for not only coffee cups, but also for food containers. And, and we can do this sort of thing. It's just kind of a changing of a paradigm here and recognizing that that, that wastefulness 
can't go on forever, that there's actually an environmental cost. And, and when we look at heat domes, like the heat dome that we had in British Columbia last year, is partially driven by this wasteful society, that the fact that we use too many uh, cups, coffee cups, and, and throw them away is actually directly linked to things like the heat dome. And the heat domes are going to get worse as we, we realize that 15% of our carbon footprint is going to be coming from plastic production very shortly. And so, we, you know, these are things that don't have to have a big impact on our lives. We can actually have a better quality of life if we don't have heat domes and we use a reusable mug. Yeah, the ones that always get me are sort of the individually wrapped apple, <laughs> apple slices mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, those ones. Um, well, and the plastic so, industry is always looking for new new products to sell. So, uh, you know, there's a very concentrated effort by the plastics industry to convince us that we need that extra plastic around an apple or we need this, this extra plastic product. And I would advise people to look at that NPR special on how the plastic industry totally deceived the public in the 1970s about recycling and convinced people that, um, that they could recycle their way uh, out of the plastic waste kind of thing. And, uh, and now there are fraud charges being investigated in California and other jurisdictions related to the plastic industry advertising in the 70s. So uh, don't believe everything you hear. <laughs> yeah, well, we always we always tell our listeners to to trust but verify, as always. Yeah, um, that's right. Well, thanks so much for for weighing in this. I guess we'll see where this goes. We're expecting uh, more detail as well. Uh, but Calvin Sanborn, thank you so much for your time tonight. It's a pleasure, Ben. Talk to you later.